Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Fight Stories. I'm Tyler Morrison. This episode is brought to you by Absolute Nature CBD. Head over to AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. Fire up the promo code GOONSQUAD. They're going to set you up with 20% off of all of their 100% natural CBD products. Get in there, AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. Big thanks to them for being sponsors of the podcast and to you guys for supporting it. Guys, we have an amazing episode for you today. We were so excited. We went down to uh, Delhi, Ontario, small little town in uh, tobacco country. Uh, this place, many people have probably never been there before, but it's actually home to one of the greatest warriors of all time in the NHL. He's just an absolute beauty. Uh, if you go on YouTube and check out his fights, I swear to God, it's a laundry list of who's who, of the toughest of the tough, and all knockdown, drag out brawls. I don't think he was ever in a boring fight. Guys, today, without further ado, I bring you the episode you've all been waiting for, Mr. Ryan Vandenbush. All right. Guys, thanks for coming out. Uh, to Spiky Ball Studio tonight. We'll just uh, give you a quick uh, intro as to what Fight Stories is because there is no volume on the video. Um, we've been, uh, me and Tyler, this fucking podcast came was born out of uh, the fact that I've been in probably like 30 street fights and my next stand-up comedy album, I was going to do uh, six wins, six losses, and a tie, and the tie was when a uh, my brother called me drunk at three o'clock in the morning, and a guy robbed him in Toronto and held a knife to his throat. So he saw the house that he went into. So I decided that the best uh, the best steps of action would be to show up at the house over twelve dollars worth of fucking silver jewelry and knock on the guy's front door. And I pound on the guy's door, and this biker opens the door. And he looks at me, and I got a couple buddies there, and he steps out, and he goes, listen, kid, you look like a pretty big kid, but uh, I just got out of jail. I've been in so many fights, it doesn't matter if I win or lose another one. And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) It just took the wind right out of my sails, right? So that was the tie. The kid came out and gave back this fucking piddly jewelry. (laughs) So I was telling Tyler, I was like, we always got these fight stories, and whenever I go home, me and my buddies always fucking chop it up about old fight stories. And he goes, dude, this should be... A podcast yeah. so we start recording episodes and we start reaching out to people and um you know we we got a season one we had ken shamrock former ufc champion uh, which is come biz- on. which is so bizarre when you like you you watch these guys fighting in the octagon and next thing you know he's sitting in your buddy's kitchen table at his kitchen table in oshawa ontario you're sitting there like what the hell is this right right you're and you're and you're asking him fucking questions and then uh you know we have a boxer former um former middleweight champion five-time middleweight champion Vinny paz we went to rhode island and did and got an interview with Vinny paz so we've been going all over the northeast and of course ontario to get these fight stories we love hearing fucking guys you know professional fighters nhl guys we love nhl guys but we also like hearing just regular old fucking fight stories from like everyday guys you know sitting around and drinking at the bar but uh we got i see a couple of you guys getting excited about it like maybe we can do an episode (laughs) yes you can (laughs) there's a lot of very thick beards in the crowd tonight (laughs) (laughs) so uh but tonight is not a uh is not an average joe at all we are very we are very excited to be here and uh you guys uh, probably have seen all of these fucking fights on YouTube a thousand times, but here we are. We're excited about it. Uh, I, yeah, so I think we should just introduce the guest. Absolutely. You know, the I guy. mean, everyone here knows him. Yeah. Hometown hero, 310 games, 702 penalty minutes, 20 fucking points, ladies and gentlemen. And Make the, some noise. And the guy that fucked your high school girlfriend. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ryan Vandenberg. Oh yeah. How you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. 
Thank you. We uh, yeah. We so right away from right from Instagram, first of all, um, we interviewed uh, the real life Doug the Thug from the movie Goon, the guy who uh, you know coached Orr a little bit, and he goes, "You fucking gotta give it to Ryan for a fucking guy that was not a heavyweight as far as your demeanor." He sure fucking fought the super heavyweights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking true, man. Well, the way I looked at it, I couldn't lose because I was smaller than these guys. And if I lost, I was supposed to lose, right? Right, right. If I won, then I'm a hero. And if I tied, well, I still look good because I was usually smaller than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's no losing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, like you. So you come into the era, and it's basically the super heavyweight era where you come into the league, and you're uh, you're five ten. What were you weighing when you came into the NHL? Like what? Okay, I was five eleven three quarters. Five eleven three quarters. Yeah, sorry, don't, we don't need to take any. We, are we measuring on skates? <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I could get six foot. <laughs> and these guys are monsters at the yeah. time, and you really, really found a way to like equalize it and 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 win like it's it's amazing that what we were watching some of the fights earlier and the way that you would pull guys in closer to you and they would seem that they're your size but they're really a lot taller you just kind of like had them dragged down which is like you know important obviously to like bridging that gap i think between the the reaches and the game changed uh earlier in my career uh we didn't have to wear a tie down Mm-hmm. So Rob Ray changed that rule because he was constantly getting out of his jersey and then his hands were free and nobody can bring him in close, right? So prior to that, it was easy because I would never wear a tie down. And when I was fighting a guy bigger than me, I'd easy, I could drop out because they're usually grabbing on your jersey and you can drop out and slip out of your equipment. Mm. And then they had nothing to hold on to. So that was an advantage. But then they had a tie down rule. So if you, you had to wear a tie down and if it came off, um, yeah, an extra penalty. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you find, like, when you were in the league, like, everyone was doing all these little tricks to, like, kind of get out of the jersey? Or they just had, like, the, you know, jersey doctoring? Like, were you um, conscious of who was doing what? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was one of those guys that I'd like to have a loose jersey. I would stretch it out. I'd wear a goalie cut. Like McSorley. So, exactly. Yeah. I had, I had uh, my elbows were nice and loose. So, if somebody grabbed none of my jersey there, I, I was easily to get out of my jersey mm-hmm. and get my arm loose. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, you see guys, like, there's everyone did, like, had their own thing, especially at that time. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Dave Brown was still playing when you came in. He might have been on the tail end. Yeah. But Dave Brown was notorious for, like, a really tight sleeve, so you couldn't grab it. But then the loose sleeve was, like, the McSorley thing. So everyone kind of had one. uh, Basil McRae, John Cordick, those dudes, they had, like, the Velcro. So it like just come apart when you grab it. Like it got really, really slippery around the <laughs> yeah. league, especially at that time, to the point where they did have to implement that rule, and it changed fighting, right? And then I had Velcro on my uh, shoulder. Some people had shoulder pads that were very tight that didn't break away. I had shoulder pads that if you grabbed onto my shoulder pads and you pulled, it would rip apart because right. of the Velcro. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't contain me. Yeah, right? yeah nothing to hold on right. to. And like that's such a like important thing. Like if you look at any fighter from like I guess like. You know, maybe, you know, 2000 on, like, uh, even before that, uh-huh. getting the shoulder pads, like, the number one first thing you want is to get that hold, I, I would think, a lot of the guys anyway. And, uh, and yeah, to have that, like, come away, that really, you know. It all depends who you're fighting, too. If I was fighting a guy like Stu Grimson, I'd want to grab him behind his neck and grab yeah. his jersey. If it was the, the day where you reach. Well, yeah, exactly. I had to get in close to him, right? Mm-hmm. So if he kept me out, he had a longer reach. And right, he would right. definitely get well, the better of me. You're, you're probably at a disadvantage for reach for fucking most of these guys. Yeah. Because they got four inches on you. Yeah. yeah. So I had to get in tight for mm-hmm. sure. Well, that's, no, that's so interesting. I think, uh, yeah. like, super relevant to, you know, like, anyone that's. Fighting was so important in the league then. That they had to micromanage things like a fucking tie down, right? You know, like it got so just, specific. Yeah, you know, like it became it, this. It evolved so quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, with a designated role, you can focus in on all those things. You know what I mean? Like that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Uh, yeah, it, it was constant visualization for me. I always like I, I you know, you're going into a, a the play of the Edmonton Oilers, and you know George Rock's on a team. And you're like, oh fuck, if you know if I'm on the ice against him, I'm probably going to fight him. So how am I going to deal with this guy? And Rock is fucking huge, right? Like, I mean, that's one mm-hmm. of the right scariest dudes. You and he was a lefty, so I'm a lefty. He's a lefty. He grabs with his right. I grab with my right. His reach is longer than me. 
Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And it doesn't work out very well for me. <laughs> as a lefty, that's usually your advantage. You know what I mean? Like a lot of guys have yeah. trouble yeah. facing the southpaw, especially right. you know, like it's like in baseball, yeah. like facing the left-handed hitter, he's yeah. gonna throw you off. He was or telling us before, uh, before, like earlier in the afternoon, what LaRock said to you at the end of the fight, which yeah. was so fucking classic. About fucking nailing your nose. Like, hey, man, you oh, might want to yeah, fucking check I, that I, out. I, I think you got a concussion. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I got a fucking concussion. Thanks, Dr. George. <laughs> but, yeah. You know. What a gentleman, though, right? Yeah. Like, after and it's your nose is like, he's a little concerned about you, you know? Good. And he broke my nose. <laughs> your nose is definitely nose, broke. I would have had a concussion. <laughs> but he broke my nose. I didn't have a concussion. But yeah, the nose he seemed it. to think I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's crazy. And so, like, when you're going into a game, let's say George LaRock is on the roster, you know, do you know you're going him? Or is it, is it, is there, a, there's a couple other guys maybe um, at that time? Like, no, it was George. Like, yeah. when he came into Chicago or I was in Edmonton, he always kind of, like, me personally, I was, you know, those, those afternoon naps were a little tougher because <laughs> <laughs> you, you knew that if the game got out of hand, you're probably going to be doing battle with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sure enough, you know he was in Chicago, and we were, yeah, I think they got up a couple goals, and I'm like fuck, I just want to keep it close, right? Yeah, keep, yeah. Keep the game close. So, but uh, they got up a few goals, and and uh, I know, sorry, we were up a couple goals, and then he lined up beside me, and he uh, he wanted to go. On on most of your teams, are you the like the designated like heavy, or is there like a couple guys, or like that you you know sharing the workload? There's, I'm, I'm sure there's a few where you have your own. You're like the main guy, but then sometimes you got like guys riding shotgun with you too. Do, when when you're riding shotgun with a guy though, are you still trying to gun for the top heavies? Like you want to take them? Like that's- well, yeah, I was fortunate. Whenever I played on a team, there was usually you know guys. There's more than one tough guy on the team. Mm -hmm. And um, you just don't know how the game's going to go, right? So uh, Whoever you line up against is whoever you fucking line up against. Exactly. If they give you the tap. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. You just got to answer the bell. So, But a lot of guys, when I was playing Bob Probert, a lot of guys wanted to go Bob Probert because he's a measuring stick, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Bob Probert's the greatest enforcer of all time. Was he like, listen, fight the kid. That's right. (laughs) And they would rather go after a guy like Bob Probert and lose than go after a guy like me and lose. Yeah, yeah. It it changes the dynamic. You're supposed to lose against fucking Probert. You lose against you in the last fucking game. That's right. Right. Exactly. It's such an interesting... There's no pressure. I didn't put any pressure on myself. I went out there and did my best. I lost. Oh, I showed up at least. You know, if I if I won or tied against guys that are bigger than me, well, I looked like a hero. Right. So I got it. How sweet is it though when you get a front row ticket to every Bob Probert fight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It was it was amazing how many guys went after him. Then you know they they just yeah. bypassed me and wanted to go right after him. Right. But, you know why wouldn't you? You're a rookie in the league. You want to go after the best, right? Right. So, right. Make a name. Yeah, for sure. Um. So before all this shit happens, you're a young kid, you start fighting in and around town. How does this even start to evolve for you? Like where you think, oh, maybe I can actually make a living fighting. Oh, I had no idea I could do that. I never grew up, you know, I grew up in Dell here and, um, you know. What's the town over? You guys didn't show up to the high school and be like, all right, boys. Yeah. See you at 3.30. No, it was just, uh, uh. I played junior B when I was probably 16. I was 16. And, uh, you know, I never even thought it was the NHL. I never thought it was in the reach. I just, I love the game of hockey. Right. And I went out there and I played hard. And I, you know, I skated hard. I four-checked hard. And I finished my checks. And uh, when you're 16 years old and you're playing against guys that are, you know, up to 21 years of age, um, and you finish you a check on them, they're going to come after you. Right. And I just never backed down. And. I kind of started honing on my skills when I was probably about 16 years of age. And then uh, I got drafted by the Cornwall Royals in the 14th round. And my dad says, hey, you're a 14th round draft pick. You're, you're going to get cut up the second day if you don't do anything. And you don't get noticed. So go out there and do something and get noticed in a Same positive way. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> in a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I went out there and I knocked out Owen Nolan a nice clean check. And, oh, and then they sent their team tough guy after me. And, and uh, I did fairly well against him. And 
Mark Profford was the coach at the time, and that's how he got Holy my fuck. front door. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Owen Nolan was a thick dude. Did not come out with a body check. Is impressive as hell. He he was drafted by the Quebec Nordiques back then. I think it was mm-hmm. ninety one. Yeah, and he was the first overall draft pick. So he came to Cornwall, um, his former team, just to kind of get warmed up before his Quebec camp. And uh, yeah, so I caught him with his head down coming across the the blue line and. And then uh, hit him like with a good that. shot. He's a big boy. Oh, yeah. that's it. That would have been thunderous. Yeah. Him, him hitting the ice would have been. Yeah. He, he was, <laughs> yeah. He's a good player overall. He could do it all. He could score goals. He could fight. He could do everything. Yeah. Do you remember the guy they sent after you in that fight? Yeah. Yeah. Marcus Middleton. Yeah. yeah. Marcus Middleton. Yeah. He was about 6'4. He's a big boy. Oh, fuck. And, uh, and then I got my teeth knocked out. I got a butt end right to the mouth and knocked out my two. He butt ended you with a stick. No, there was another kid that uh, butt ended me in the mouth. And oh, they're all gunning for you after that. Yeah, because he was like a star, probably. I would yeah. Imagine, oh yeah. Right? First so, overall draft pick. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like, yeah. And I would <laughs> you just, take out their first round yeah. draft pick. <laughs> so you're 16. Um, I mean, you're going up against guys who are 21 who are starting to fill out. You're giving a lot in weight, and that fighting style kind of fucking follows you you know, up into the league and serves you well throughout your career. And you're always fighting guys who are fucking bigger than you, right? Yeah, pretty was much. That a, so when you were 16, you started to have to figure this out. Yeah, it, it, it just came, you know, I, I had no, like, I wasn't going there to say I'm going to be a tough guy in the NHL and, and right. kick everyone's ass. I never thought about that at all. I was just, uh, I just loved the game of hockey and I went out and played my game and I forechecked hard, I backchecked hard and mm-hmm. I finished my checks. And, and when you finish your checks, you know, you get people that, Mm-hmm. don't like that and they go after you and i just never backed down so that's kind of how i got started so when did you realize you were good at it though <laughs> like the fighting part uh it, it's probably training camp in uh junior a you know, i was 17 years of age yeah and i think like a lot of people don't don't realize how many fights actually happen in training camp like it's just can be the wild west of like like how many times are you scrapping in a camp well you can get in three scraps, and then you're done. Right? They, they so, toss you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you're allowed three fights per game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> per scrimmage, starting at 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that happened a few times. Yeah. yeah. So what's the most fights you were in in a day? Three. Yeah. Three, yeah. Okay. So you didn't have like, yeah. another game? Where you... yeah. 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 All right, boys, eat lunch. Meet you back at the ice. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What's... I don't know if you would remember this, but what's like the the hardest trilogy of like three fights that you had, in a, like in a, uh, in a Terrence Sand with uh, Craig, uh, Chris McAllister, oh, he's a and Ty boy. Domi, Ty Domi, all in one game. Holy that shit! That was uh, exhibition in Chicago. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, those are the three guys I I battled. That's yeah. insane. And like McAllister, if you like McAllister is not like as well known, but he was huge. Yeah, he's a big boy. Like yeah. he is huge. I remember when the Leafs brought him in, I was like, oh yeah, because I'm a yeah. Leaf fan. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy's gonna fuck some people up. And he did like a little yeah. bit, but he, he like did. I mean, he never really materialized in the into the type of scrapper that I think that like everyone projected him to be yeah. based on his size, but god damn it, he was dangerous. Yeah, like, one time he was the biggest boy in hockey. Yeah. yeah. NHL so, and NHL. Yeah. So wow. he was a big scrap boy. him and then and then Domi, who's the complete opposite type of fight. Like right, right. so like you're having to adjust your style. Three times in one game. Yeah. Like, that's intense. Oh, with Ty, I asked him if he wanted, like, so I already had two fights. So then the coach put me out. Lauren Mulliken was the coach at the time, and he put me out there with Ty Domi. There's three minutes left to go in the game, and there's Ty Domi on left wing, and I'm a right winger. And he says, Bush, you get out there. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not out there to score goals, right? Yeah. And, it's, and it's exhibition. Yeah. So I asked him to go, and he says, "No, not right now." And then the puck drops, and then he kind of grabs me. We go at it, and I got <laughs> even I got, that little fucking mental advantage. No, not right now. Right. It's like I'm yeah, like, on my turn, like, motherfucker. He grabs me, and we start going at it. Greasy. I got out of my jersey because <laughs> I knew it was my third fight, so I didn't have my tie down now. So I didn't give a shit if I was getting kicked out or not because it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, I was getting kicked out anyway. You're playing fight. the game too. So, That's right. That's so right. I got out of my jersey, and, and then he says, not fair, you got out of your jersey. And I said, not fair, you wear two helmets. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, Domi, we talked to a couple different people, and, like, Domi was always very guarded about who and when he was going to fight. You know, like, a planner. You it's know business. I mean? It's yeah. business. Right, yeah. right. Every, every advantage, you know. 
But that's, I think that's so cool. And then, and so that that's like a little bit later in your career when you fight. But you're coming. So now you're. So when you were coming up though, like it's. Uh, so you you doing the the training camp with the that was in Cornwall where you fought where you knocked out uh, Nolan, and so you get into junior. Next thing you know, how many scraps are you getting in junior? Like in in a in a season. My my last year of junior, so. I was playing for the Cornwall Royals my first two years, and then that organization moved to the Newmarket Royals. So I was mm-hmm. there in Newmarket for a half a year, then I was traded to the Gulf Storm. So that year I was in 46 majors, so That's 46 fights, and about wild. 64 games. Yeah, There, there was, wasn't even wow. 46 fights in the NHL last year, just so yeah. you know. <laughs> someone, someone gave me that stat, and I had, I had about 12... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, minor penalties, so two-minute penalties. Right, and that's because somebody, would, somebody didn't answer the call. They're like, no, we're good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was, Yeah, but 46 majors was... Yeah, 46 wow. majors. Uh, how, many, how many weeks is the season? Fucking 30? You're going... Well, there's 66 it. games uh, in right. junior, so... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. And then... I think um, I played 62 or 63 that year. And, and who are some of the guys in junior that you're running into? Because it's always interesting to me, like, who you kind of started out with and, like, your, right. like, your junior crop that you end up, like, seeing in the NHL. Like, who materialized that you were, like, running into since you were, like, 16? Like, who are these guys? I mean, Owen Nolan obviously is, is a name, but, like. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Belanger. I don't know if you. Yeah, yeah, Kenny Belanger. He's a, he's a big boy. He's Boston. my teammate. Yeah, and then uh, Ruman Dura, uh, Dark Rum, we used to call him. Uh, <laughs> good guy. And um, Dennis Bombi was a guy that I, I fought probably from the time that I was 16 years of age. Wow. 17, actually, uh, my, my rookie year in, uh, in Cornwall. And then right till, you know, my last year of pro in, in Pittsburgh, I fought him in an exhibition right before, you know, during training camp. And Bombi, if you guys aren't familiar with Dennis Bombi, he actually like he he finished his career with the highest penalty minute totals ever in ever, the yeah. AHL. Like yeah. this is like it's it's insane. Which is a league for fighting and fucking yeah. penalties. Yeah, yeah, he he played he played in the AHL, but he played a lot of his career in the you AHL, know, right? Hats off to him because what he he was a fucking warrior. Oh, yeah. That guy battled out in the minors for a very long time. And mm-hmm. If I was battling that long in the minors, I would have been done a long time ago. The only thing that yeah. saved my career was that I, I made it to the NHL and I didn't play every game. And when I did play, I only played five to seven minutes. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, I mean, it you saved were, me. You're in the AHL fucking fighting night in and night out. There's got to be easier ways to make a goddamn living, right? I mean, you're not. <laughs> well, I, I just love the game. Right, and, and right. I love being there. So. But I mean, but you you know got a taste of the NHL and you know and that bump and pay. That's I mean, right. You know, there's guys going yeah. out there fucking cranking guys in the head for ten years straight for fifty fucking grand. That's right. CTs so you can make fifty or you can make five hundred. Right, it's just, right, right. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot easier to get motivated for yeah. fucking a half a mil. Absolutely. So, so you run into Bonvi at like like seventeen years old, and then and then this guy now is like a lifelong opponent. Like he is basically he was a lifelong opponent. A Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Was he a nemesis? Though? Like, would you see him and you were like, all right, motherfucker, like for 10 years? in my really? career because, you know, I get hats off to him because he's a tough fucker. And, uh, <laughs> you know, whenever we played against him, he was just one of those guys that loved skating over the red line. And, you know, you, you, why you skate over the red line? <laughs> just, to send him, just to fuck with you, right? Uh, yeah, like in the warm-ups? To, like, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, in the warm-ups. over the red line. Yeah. So I got a time where he's skating over the red line and I have to clip his leg, you know, <laughs> Just, the gamesmanship. Yeah. <laughs> Shazma, can you cue up the Dennis Bombi fight? We got to watch it on the oh, big yeah. screen, right? Dude. Come on, eh? From the AHL. This is the, the legendary. They had a big uh, time fight last game. Dennis felt very comfortable. He got the decision. And here we go. Van and Bush and Bombi. It didn't take two seconds. Dennis has the fists up right in front of the nose. Van and Bush, very calm, fighting at home. Out near center ice, Van and Bush gets in there. Dennis throws a hard right. Van and Bush slips under it. Dennis is throwing a lot of punches, doing a good job. Ryan is trying to get himself settled. Bonby seems to be landing a lot of punches. Dennis is doing terrific, very calm. Van and Bush is throwing hard. Dennis seems to have cut Van and Bush badly. Maybe I'm mistaken. Bonby and Van and Bush getting in there. Van and Bush trying to get inside. They're both getting tired now. Ryan Van and Bush. Bull rushes Dennis Bonby into the boards. Dennis is still holding him off. 
Vandenbush continues to want to throw. Dennis slips his hands, gets a right. Vandenbush seems to have the forehead cut. Dennis throws a hard right. Vandenbush comes back. Dennis slips another punch in. Now they both have a hand free, and Vandenbush lands a big punch on Dennis. Dennis looks like he wants to hang on now. Vandenbush still wants to throw two big middleweights who play the role of heavyweights. Vandenbush waves off the linesman, throws another left. Now he's going to rip Dennis's helmet off. They are wrestled up against the boards. Vandenbush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. <laughs> so Dennis is now just hanging on for dear life. Vandenbush throws another left. They are wrestling. Now Dennis throws a left. Vandenbush comes back. They're still going. Vandenbush tells the linesman no. Great strength test. Bonvi throwing lefts. Clips Vandenbush. Now Van Bushy comes up with an uppercut and gets Dennis. Another left by Vandenbush. That landed on Dennis's nose. Dennis looks flustered. Now they continue to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, the longest fight we've had in Wachovia Arena history. Bonby and Vandenbush going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Dennis's nose is cut open. Bushy lands a bomb to the forehead. And Bushy lands another one. They are going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. How do you go? They're just throwing. Oh, and Vandenbush lands a bell ringer right to the face of Dennis Bonby. Ryan Vandenbush lights the I can't lamp. even fuck Dennis this one. <laughs> what a hockey fight. We will take a break. Bonvi might need some repairs. What a scrap, eh? Uh, that was Paul, I think. <laughs> Great announcer, by the way. Oh, no, my God, he was calling it like a fucking boxing match. He was a homer until he realized how good this fight was. He's, I mean, he's talking about... Uh, Dennis Bonvie's call him Dennis like he's on a first name basis, like they play tennis together and shit. Yeah. Next thing you know, it's fucking, you know. He he played there prior, so they, oh, they, who they, was they that? Dennis, yeah. So oh yeah, Dennis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, he was in Wilkesbury prior oh, yeah. to me being there. So he what had a bit of reputation. What a fight. So you get into a fight like that, and it's like I mean, that was the AHL equivalent of what I would consider the best NHL fight of all time, Probert versus McSorley. That's the AHL like yeah. equivalent of like that long of a marathon fight and you get into that and like i mean you're going to be gassed after that like you probably huh? like did you play after that fight like, i did i holy did shit yeah barely <laughs> but, but there, there was a fight that i had in junior that was actually longer than that and after it was against tom sullivan it was my second oh yeah that's on that is on youtube i think if, we, yeah, if, you, if you can find it pull it up chas i mean yeah. We don't want to keep throwing too many clips, but this one is the and, fight. And, and after that fight, I could not lift the water bottle to my mouth afterwards. I couldn't oh, get it to my mouth. That's hard. Yeah, that's, I mean. It's crazy. The, the, the Bombi fight, you guys are going. Is there anything you're, like, you're waving off the linesman there. How old are you guys there? Bombi, that was at the end of my career. That was okay. Kind of okay. Too old. Right. <laughs> so this is like, yeah. so this you're, is the culmination of fucking you guys yeah, yeah, fighting that, for 10 years. Yeah, you're like Danny Glover. And, 17 to, <laughs> I'm too yeah. old for this and, shit. And, and then the following year, uh, I went to, we were in training camp in Pittsburgh and he signed with Pittsburgh. So I'm fighting him on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you're like, Just, fucking, here we yeah. go. Jesus so Christ. Um, are there any of these? Sullivan. Yeah. Is there is there any um, I have seen this fight. Is there any of these guys that you're squaring up in in junior and they're just guys who fucking fill out late next thing you know you're fighting them 5 years later and they're just a fucking different animal altogether? Like they uh, gain 2 inches and 60 pounds and it's like Jesus Christ. Well, uh, when you're in junior 17 18 pretty much the uh, no, not really. They're, okay. they're, you pretty much knew you're Really? Yeah. Everyone's all pretty thick at that point. Yeah. That's gonna yeah. stick. Is that just maybe that's just the way it is with fucking professional athletes? Yeah. All right. I get, yeah. Fire up the Sullivan. I'll move out of the way. Oh, I know. Sorry, boys. You have to use your imaginations. Left and right. Left and right. And you're in the white jersey, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, at this point in time, I'm how are you feeling right now? <laughs> but you'll see, you'll see coming up here. He's gonna hit me with a few, but I'm resting. I'm actually cushioning his blows. Right, not right now, but right oh, yeah. here. I'm throwing my head back. 
just to catch my breath. The one, the one com- comment during the other fight is when he goes, Vanna Bush is settling in and you're getting popped. Like, what a way to fucking settle in. Uh, yeah. Gives me a headache watching this shit. (laughs) No wonder you smoke weed. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, Yeah. that was was what they call a slobber knocker. Just pounding. (laughs) And you got the jersey off in that one, too. That's when you can get out of the jersey. Felt good, right? Yeah. Until Rob Ray ruined it for everybody. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Rob. (laughs) Did you send him a message? Rob, you fucking prick. I think you probably got a few. <laughs> uh, did you ever run it? Did you ever fight Rob Ray? No, oh, no, really, no. You never, never fought Probert either. He fought a no. lot of guys. He fought Rob Ray is fucking tough as shit. Yeah, he fought almost everyone, but he never fought Probert. No. Yeah, he never played fought. against Proby uh, in regular season. No, mm-hmm. yeah. that's interesting how that how that worked out schedule wise because yeah. they really were. Well, he was in the other division too. I was in the East and he was in the West. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, he he has. Um, if you actually go and watch some Rob Ray scraps, like he has some, like most. He's, he has almost maybe the the highest knockout level. I mean, Coaster had maybe the hardest punch, but right. Ray I think might have the most knockouts actually. Yeah, yeah he had a heavy rate enforcer. Mm, sure, fucking heavy handed guy. He's he's underrated. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the video versions of these episodes. We love bringing you the video. Hopefully we can keep doing more. You want to keep the video coming though, you know what to do. There's a few things you can help us out with. Hit subscribe below, that's very easy. Also, make sure you keep supporting our sponsors, Absolute Nature CBD, AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. Head over there, use the promo code GOONSQUAD. They're going to set you guys up with 20% off of everything. All of their 100% natural CBD oil products at AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. CBD oil—it's the thing everyone's talking about. All these guests that we come on, that are coming on, we're talking to them about this, and they're saying they're using it to help with old sports injuries. You know, anyone that listens to this, you probably used to bang, probably used to uh, play some. Uh, you know, hardcore sports get a little bit rough back in the day. That's what the glory days are all about, bragging about our injuries. But there's a way that you can help yourself, and it's by using products like this. It's going to improve your life, and it's going to enhance the quality of your family's lives. So get into it. AbsoluteNatureCBD.com. These guys are amazing. Who is your favorite guy to watch? Hmm. Uh, Tarky. <laughs> I love watching Wendell. Yeah. yeah. Wendell was my hero. Did you get to sure. play with him in Chicago? I did. Oh yeah. wow. That yeah. must have been exciting, yeah. right? Yeah, it was great. They sent me down to Cleveland and I had no idea why. And they said we need to make room on the uh on the roster. And then two weeks later they, they bought uh, Wendell out and they brought me back up. So mm. <laughs> it's unfortunate because I was looking forward to playing with Wendell, but oh yeah. But I was okay with That's that. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. You're, you're still a fan, even though you're oh, yeah. in the league He's and awesome. everything, you know? Yeah. Guy. And and were you a Leaf fan growing up? I was. So so Wendell Clark's, you know, obviously, he was awesome, like, yeah. you know, he's we're Leaf fans too. Yeah, so yeah. he was, you know, my favorite About the same age player. Yeah, well, I drafted by Toronto in '92. Right, so, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to go to training camp with them and uh, experience oh. training camp back then in '92, '93, '94. So during the glory years, yeah, of Clark that's right. Too. Oh, yeah. that's exciting to just to be around that culture yeah. in, in Toronto and and uh, the yeah, team and growing up as a fucking kid, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Amazing, sure. yeah, that's great. So, so you go when you get drafted by the Leafs. Like, obviously, that's like a dream come true as a kid. You know, coming from a small town in Ontario, and you're a Leaf fan, you get drafted by your team. Like, I'll, I'll never forget because that draft year back in uh, the summer of '92, uh, the, the scout back then, Danny Marr, came down to Delhi to to interview me. And uh, we went to Durano's, which is now the little Belgium in Delhi. <laughs> and uh, I'll He's never like, forget. My here, dad kid. told me to wear a uh, cowboy boot so I can get like another inch of my height. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's advice is always the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're getting. I, I'm sitting there talking with him, and he says at the end of the interview, he says, "Well, you know what? If you're around the seventh, eighth round, you know Toronto's going to draft you." And uh, so I went to the draft that year, and sure as shit. Uh, How old are you when you're having up. this conversation with them? 17. Oh, and that's exciting. A year ago, 
you don't even think this is a fucking possibility. Exactly. You're just going into corners, right. finishing checks, That's right. playing hard. Yeah. What a fucking dream. Yeah. Then all That's of a sudden, I'm sitting at Durano's in Delhi here having an interview with a skipper in front of me, please. <laughs> 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 so funny man oh that's so cool yeah and so you go into camp then with the leafs right and yeah. uh are, who, who are you scrapping camp uh or are you scrapping you just- yeah you know you go to training camp and you know goal score score goals and yeah. scrap yeah. or scrap and um i fought a guy by the name of mark raider he was a fourth round draft pick mm-hmm. that year and he's a big boy and uh he hit me with a good one i had uh, plastic straps around my helmet and he hit me there and he he cut me for about six stitches around my ear. Was it a windwell? <laughs> it, it might have been a windwell. Yeah, <laughs> and like then the trainer, the trainer was like, Ryan, you, you need leather straps. So he gave me leather straps. And from then on, I wore leather straps. Mm. I never had that problem again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got a couple of old ones in the pro shop. Yeah. So so the, so you, you, you never ended up playing... On the Leafs in the NHL, no. you had the, you went to training camp. What? Where do you go from there? What's the next step? Where do they? Where do they send you up? St. John's is that? The, yeah, so I was in St. John's, Newfoundland for two years. Yeah, 93, 94, 94, 95. and then uh, then I signed with the Rangers uh, the following year. So my third year pro was with the Rangers, and it was my fourth year pro with the Rangers where I got my opportunity to play with the Rangers. It was in uh, Buffalo, actually. Oh, cool! And uh, I'll never forget that because I was. The day of the game, I, I walked down for breakfast, and, and, and there's Gretzky sitting there. And Unbelievable. He, he gave me one of these, and I sat down and had breakfast with Wayne Gretzky the, before my first game. And Fucking then, drafted by the Leafs, breakfast with Gretzky. Yeah. I mean, those two moments right there yeah, are man. enough. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll never forget sitting on a bench. And that was like, I think Gretzky broke in the league around 78, 79, or 79, 80. And uh, so I grew up watching him, right? And then now I'm sitting on his bench. In yeah. uh, Buffalo, when I look to my left, there's Mark Messi, and my right is Mark Messi uh, and Wayne Gretzky, and I'm like, whoa, I'm in the middle here, and playing with these guys is crazy. So it was it was a really neat experience. Oh, that's so yeah, surreal. It, was yeah. it was, yeah. I bet I was at a uh, comedy show once, and fucking Chris Rock was on the left of me. And Dave Chappelle was on the right of me. And that was the fucking coolest moment <laughs> for me. Let they me tell you right me. now, I'm in, I'm in Delhi. I got John Moses on my left. Ryan Vandenbush on my right. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing okay, all right? Very <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's yeah, awesome, scary. though. Wow. What a, like, what an experience. So, like, you, yeah, you really did have some, like, amazing, like, milestones as an, like, for an enforcer, too, to have that type of career. You played with, uh, you know, well, you were drafted by an original six. You played with, you know, two original six teams and then uh, and then Pittsburgh. Like, those yep. are all, like, really diehard fan bases. You know, some guys get buried mm-hmm. in fucking Florida, Florida and all that right. shit, right. like, in Arizona. Like, that's not an easy... I mean, it's a different life, right? But like, you were actually in like exciting hockey markets, so yeah, that was like, like yeah, yeah, that's a, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, there's the minors, and you play in different different era, you know, different areas. But like, in what the was NHL, it like playing in Newfoundland? Were they, you know, you're out at the bar, fucking drinking after games? Were was it? How were they as like a fan base? Were they fucking awesome. pumped up? Was anybody ever be like, I'll fucking take it, bud? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a great experience in uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. Uh, and you're a rookie too, right? So it's mm-hmm. your first year pro, and I'll never forget. I was making thirty five thousand dollars Canadian, and, uh, and, and coming from playing major junior A, making thirty five dollars every two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I'm turned pro when I'm twenty, playing in St. John's, Newfoundland, making thirty five thousand dollars Canadian. I thought yeah. I won the fucking jackpot. You know? <laughs> it was the I, early nineties. That's I, a lot more back then, baby. I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't believe this? the veterans on a team were getting pissed off when they weren't getting their paycheck on time. I'm like, fuck, what's the big fucking deal? Then yeah. after the, my first year of pro and after all the scraps I got, I'm like, fuck, you know what? I earned that thirty five fucking thousand fucking dollars. I need <laughs> yeah. a little more money on that. Right. But yeah. So it was a grind. So in that league, who's the guy that you like do you have did you have anyone on the team that you were running with that was a scrapper, or is it just mainly you holding that like no, hold that well, down? It, when I was uh, we always had tons of tough guys on our team. Like Such a great uh, I was era. in the Atlantic yeah. Division, so we, you know, we had. Uh, I, had a, I played with a guy by the name of Frank the Animal Biologist. There we go. Uh, <laughs> and, and this guy was a fucking animal. He actually taught me how to play chess too. I was roommates. With him. <laughs> <laughs> but this this guy. He learned it in jail. If you guys, <laughs> if you guys have seen the movie Goon that we just that we referenced uh, with Doug the Thug, the guy, the the tough guy that Doug the Thug fights in that movie is based on Frank the Animal Biologist. Lois. Yeah. Right. He yeah. is the like top gunslinger in the AHL that like 
everyone knew not to fuck with her. He, he, he was from Winnipeg, and then uh, he was a male stripper and, and a cab driver in Winnipeg. We then, need while he was and, fucking and, playing in the AHL? And he happened to play hockey. So. <laughs> a real jack of all so, trades. And, and then he was so tough, he, he got a gig in the East Coast Hockey League, and he was kicking the shit out of everybody. He wasn't... You know, it wasn't the best skater at the time. Yeah. And then, but he was just kicking the shit out of everybody in the East Coast Hockey League. And then he gets a shot in the uh, AHL. And I'll never forget my, after I finished my first year <laughs> junior or my last year junior, I get called to play with the St. John's Maple Leafs and I walk in the dressing room and I see this fucking guy. He's got long hair halfway down his back. He's full of muscles. I'm like, holy fuck, this guy's an animal. <laughs> and then I'm roommates with him two years later. And what he liked, me to do was punch him in the face before every game <laughs> with my glove on. That was a ritual. So before I went on the ice, I had to give him two shots in the face with my glove on. He'd get pissed off on me if I didn't punch him hard enough. <laughs> yeah. he, he was an animal. And then he ended up playing for the Philadelphia uh, Philadelphia Flyers farm team. The Phantoms. The Phantoms. And uh, when them, he man. was there, yeah, they loved him. So as far as jersey sales goes, it was John LeClaire, Frank the Animal by Lois, and Eric Lindros. Frank the fucking Animal by Lois on the Phantoms matched those fucking That's guys. Right. Oh, yeah. Jersey sales? Yeah, exactly. I need to get me a yeah. fucking jersey. He was second. Oh, yeah. Lindros was behind him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that's fucking incredible. Yeah. You know who'd no, like no. to hear that, Paul Stewart? Hates <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Ladrug. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fucking awesome. I fucking I gotta hear the stripper stories. <laughs> I mean, not that you know, but yeah. that's that's fucking that's bananas. I mean, there really are some guys that were in the fucking AHL who are like these were just fucking tough guys. You get a cup of coffee in the show, like he, you know, he, he played in the preseason. I don't know if he played any. Did he play regular season? He, he played two regular season Domi. games, and he scrapped Domi and Tony Twist. Tony Twist, yeah. So he, he played for Toronto, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Fuck. I was doing. But I mean, like these are guys who probably fucking don't skate at all. You know. Well, he he he. They would push him on the ice. <laughs> he, he didn't have a chair or something. You know, I get hooked up in the minute corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy though. Like that, that, there's a guy though who really didn't uh, have like a you know didn't play in the NHL for any length of time, but he actually is maybe one of the toughest guys ever to play. Absolutely, he is one of the toughest guys to ever play hockey. Yeah. and he could have been an NHL stalwart. Enforcer. If I think his, it was just his family the, loved him. The, the Leafs were very deep <laughs> yeah. with toughness. I think uh, when he was probably playing. Yeah, there. And that's right. And that's when the league was changing too, because you couldn't just be a tough guy on the ice. You had to yeah. be able to play the game and not be a liability on the ice. Right. You know, the role for a fourth, third, fourth liner is yeah. get on that ice and, and give those first two lines a, a break, a rest, yeah. and don't be a liability and get off the ice and get them back on the ice. It got a little bit tougher, yeah. Yeah. And, so. the, and then they started punishing tough guys if they get a penalty and right. you know everything got special teams oriented and right so if you're the guy that's fucking that up then you're in trouble right yeah. so i mean how much did that play a, a role in like your um uh like comfort level with as a player you know what i mean like how like how, you must have been a little bit like cautious about what you did out there just because of you know the way that enforcers do get treated when you know that's your established role, like if you fuck up, you know, are you getting? Do you have a coach that's a dick at any time? That's like, well, yeah, I mean, you just don't fuck up. You're, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I was a fourth, fifth liner, and I feel, you know, when I got on the ice, I was averaging probably four or five minutes a game. So when yeah. you get on the ice, you just don't make a mistake. And you, so you, <laughs> don't make one. a mistake. It's another one. Don't saying. piss on the rug. <laughs> your two goal <laughs> game. Right. When those guys are trying to get to the hat trick, how fucking flat out exhausted are you just because <laughs> yeah. you're not used to playing the minutes? That's right. Yeah, you just go out there and, and, and give the guys a rest and, and don't be a liability on the ice. Right. And if you can, you know, you know, if you can get the team turn around if you're losing you're down by a few goals and then you want to change the momentum of the game, you, right. you, know, you just go out there and you finish your checks and if need be, you drop the gloves and I mean it's a momentum, momentum thing for sure, but also it's like when you're getting the fucking break speed off you and you're in the fan, you're in the stands and you're paying, you know, this is your big night out. I know, I've been to maybe ten fucking leaf games throughout my entire childhood. It was always a big deal. So if you're, you know, as a fan, if you're watching them get fucking smoked, the fight's the only thing that you that you're you know what I mean? That's the sweet spot of the night for you. So it's not just a momentum thing. I mean the fans fucking love it. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, exactly. There's nobody sitting down when there's a fight going on. Right, right. I mean, you know what? If you lose fucking five two, the biggest fucking moment of the game is the fucking fight. You know? Absolutely. Fuck for a fan. I, I guess I got. Um, there's one thing we wanted to bring up. The uh, there's you had one fight that like we we were talking about earlier. The Kyle right. Friedrich fight. Like what? Talk. Let's 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 go through that one. That was a big one. That that was a lot of guys were at. When we asked hockeyfights.com, do you have any questions? The guys on there are like, let's talk about that one. Like, <laughs> you know, they walk us through that one. He's a big, big guy. And that's a big size mismatch, right? He was 6'7, 265. Holy shit. And um, <laughs> the, night, the night before that, he was, a, he was a young guy coming up, making, you know, making his name. Busting and uh, a guy called me that I used to play with. His name was Nathan Parrott. And, oh, yeah. um, he, he played said, with the Leafs, right? Yeah. Yep. So he says, Bushy, uh, they're gonna you're gonna be playing against uh Carl Frederick. He's gonna be hungry, make a make a name. So uh, so I, I kinda knew I got a little bit of a lowdown on him. And uh my first shift was about, you know, five minutes into the game and I lined up against him and I knew where it was gonna probably go on him. So right away we went after it and and uh, we scrapped and and um I got second oh, wow. star that yeah, yeah. Pull, can we pull that one up, please? Yeah, so that that fight, I, they gave me second star for playing about eight seconds of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How often does that happen? Never. It's like yeah. a long one too. I get that. I think it's the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can even have a smoke if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I love your cousin, man. Go back, go back, because it was like the fourth one down. Yeah, there you go. Fifth one. Fried chicken's hockey. Bush against Kyle Friedrich in a nasty tilt. How's a tooth that just fell out there? Oh, that was a tooth. Heavyweight going at it. Full tilt. No time limit. No standing eight count. Along the board, set the tone. Anyway, hockey action. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's the height difference there? He's 6'7. 6'7. Six, seven. Six, seven. We both went to the hospital afterwards. Oh, you did, huh? Uh, we got there to go. Boy, you want to talk about a testosterone rush, fans and players. <laughs> Is that what you were feeling? <laughs> so you guys both go to the hospital. You're both in the hospital. What's the uh, What's it like seeing that guy when you're in there? <laughs> like, well, uh, my skates were off after the game, and his skates were on, and he was coming out of the x-ray room, and my <laughs> wife was actually beside me, and we were both looking up at him as he walked <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> but he had two of his teeth knocked out, a broken nose, and a cut over his eye. And I had a big gash over my hand, and I cut over my eye. So, yeah, it was it was nasty. Yeah. <laughs> and just a gentleman's yeah. uh, good go. Yeah. That's that the best it. day. These guys, they go at it like toe-to-toe, night in, night out. And it's almost always business. And that's the best part. Like, you know, when you can leave it on the ice and everyone's respectful. Is there anyone that you had any, like – Bad blood after the game, like pretty much you left it on the yeah, ice. There was yeah. no one that pissed you off, like no. outside. It was just a game. What thing, happens right? on the ice it stays on the ice. Yeah, yeah. no one took it any further. Like nope. it, that's good. never. That's fucking never. cool. Um, what What do you think? Like the fight to me, the the most fucking famous fight was ending Kiprios. Was that for you? What's like the most famous fight for you, or the fight that well, stands out the most in your mind? Well, that, that, that fight uh, kind of got me noticed a little bit. Uh, I was a rookie at the time. And right. It was my fourth year pro, and I went in the training camp that year. I won the overall fitness award, and I just had to do something to make that fucking team because I was, mm-hmm. a, I was a small guy. I wasn't – I'm not supposed to make it to the NHL because I was – you know, my statue was not very and big. It's and not, not long for after, fucking fights. For yeah. Sure. It's not long after New York won the cup, by the way. So, like, that right. team is – Deep, they're yeah. thick. So yeah. to get- Shane Churla was on the team, yeah. and Joey Kosher. So those kind yeah. of guys were 
were already there and they're kind of on their way out. I'm a young guy coming in. And so I had to really prove myself. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's all you can do is just go out there and do your best and, and, uh, show up. That's highlight reel. Like that's like an absolute impact moment in your career. We got to pull that one up too. Yeah. I mean, like that was, you know, that's, it's funny because, you know, for the, for the, the um the not avid hockey fan or the casual hockey fan you know we're going like oh we're going to fucking interview ryan vandenbush they're like who you like the guy that knocked out kiprios they're like oh fuck that guy and, and kiprios is so famous because he's such a great um like sports you know like sports broadcaster everyone kind of knows him now like people probably know him more now from from broadcasting than they do from when he played right. but yeah. like <laughs> they actually might know more of this oh, shit. right well <laughs> he couldn't have done it without you ryan <laughs> these are the good old days where they fucking did a close-up <laughs> Madison Square we go for those of you who want to look Maple Leafs and Rangers Nick Kiprio <laughs> sort of your typical regular hockey fight until watch Vandenbush so after that fight uh, I started thinking about ooh geez you can get really injured in this game yeah yeah <laughs> And, and, and prior to that, uh, you know, I was 23 at the time, and I, I was I, I felt fearless. But after watching that, right, I was like, you know, what that it kind of it, it bothers it, you because you never wanted to yeah. hurt you someone like that. No. You want to win, right. and, and a knockout feels good. Win. But yeah, like you're human, and you and yeah. you know that this guy's playing your role. The role could be reversed. Absolutely, that kind of humanizes you as a young man. I think it, it did, and I was like, you know what? That could have been me. It was just a lucky punch I got him with, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and he's a competitor he like you. And, and I was like, fuck, else? man, he can get really hurt playing this stupid game, and and uh, it made me well, think ten about, more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It pretty much was. Another ten years yeah. later, I was still playing this stupid game. Fuck, um, I mean, that, that so was, you ran into him yesterday, today. Yesterday, yesterday, right? <laughs> Isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> tell us the story you were telling. Right, I mean, tell I'm us the story you were telling. Guys, and all of a sudden, Nick Kiprios is walking by. I'm like, what the fuck? And you guys are cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah that's, that's great, great though. Yeah, I saw him not long after that. Yeah. <laughs> but you're, <laughs> but you're in Toronto. Like that's a busy, yeah. busy yeah. place. I've, and, I've been Toronto all the time. I never run into Nick fucking Kiprios. Right? So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No. No. No hard feelings. I mean, it, it, he knows this is part of the job. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, let's pivot just for one second. For a guy like and you may maybe you do, maybe you don't want to talk about it. But for a guy like you, do you still do you have any aches and pains from the fucking from the days of going out there and like brutalizing guys? Well, I've had twelve surgeries over the course of my career. Uh wow. north of twenty concussions and many broken bones on top of that. So uh yeah, I, I do have uh, aches and pains. Right, um, but it's it's you know my my. Uh, I mean, worth it. Worth <laughs> Yeah, would I change anything? No, but I would. I would. Right. You know, looking back, I, I just look at what an idiot I was. The way I treated my body, you know, like you know, they give you anti-inflammatories after a game, and they tell you to make sure you get food in your belly before you take your anti-inflammatories, and you go out and you take your anti-inflammatories with a beer right. or a few beers, or twelve, then, or 12. <laughs> yeah. and then at the end of the night you eat, and it's just. Uh, the nutrition is a is a big thing, and I think nowadays with these kids that uh, they're they so got good, and they're so fast. Over them, they got right? somebody uh, really right. educating them on the importance of knowing what's going in your body and right, right. proper foods and and medication. So, so Tyler flipped me an article before we even did this, and I it was about CBD oil. Yeah. So you, from like as an ex professional athlete. Fucking, it's working for you as far as like those types of angst and pains. I mean, are your knuckles still swelling up or anything like that? Yeah, I have various things that go go uh, a little bit wonky with me, and my my left hand is one of them. Like sometimes, mm-hmm. for some reason, I, I get these stabbing feeling in my hand. But uh, CBD oil seems to help. Okay. Uh, cannabis does, and and I think that's another. It's a better alternative medicine. Someone introduced me to that back in 2010 that I could grow up for myself, and I started doing that back then. Oh, right on. And uh, I got off the uh, opiates. Um, you know, that's a whole another. Yeah, topic, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, looking back, uh, you know, opiates, uh, Percocets, and Vicodins, and Oxycontins, and Ambien's to sleep at night. You're super chill right now. Were you always pretty super chill? Yeah. Like even in the league. Yeah. Fucking yeah. <laughs> none of it makes yeah. sense. Y- y- your y- fucking stature, your demeanor. <laughs> <laughs> well, be yeah. this fucking guy. <laughs> you get on the ice and you're just a different. Yeah, right, 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 right. Fighting for survival on that right. ice. <laughs> right. You know, 
I worked hard for those two and a half minutes that I averaged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. It's all the fucking training to hit the bag right. before you go out right. there. Yeah. Right. So yeah. one, of, one of the things we were kind of just, you know, shooting the shit outside um, before this. And uh, you had mentioned, you, you said you've been in almost many street fights as you were on the ice. Like, how, like come on. Do you got any street fight stories for us? Like, we love a good uh, off-ice scrap. Uh, I'm sure you get a couple. Yeah. <laughs> Too many from the crowd. Wait, wait, who said that? Can you tell his <laughs> wife? Can you come and tell it? <laughs> oh my god. I, I grew up with a, a brother that was 16 months older than me and, and uh so we didn't see eye to eye and we, we end up scrapping a lot and my dad would separate us and give us boxing gloves and make us go at it again. And he said the I winner had to fight against. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so it started back then and, and then, um, yeah, there's just, uh, there's a lot of stories that you could talk about, but, uh, uh, there's one that's probably, I'm sure you looked it up and it was in the paper. Turkey uh, point. Turkey point. <laughs> that was a nasty one, but, uh, you know, it's just, uh, so what happened at Turkey point? I won't go it's into du- details. It's dollar draft, yeah. now, but <laughs> you, you come out and you see a guy getting his ass kicked. Uh, you know, a good buddy of yours by yeah. two guys, and of course you're, uh-huh. you know, you you go to, you pull them off, and then, and then all of a sudden, uh, to be honest with you, I can talk about it because it's all over with now. But uh, I must have got, I, I got took a blow to the head and I, I don't recall anything happening after that, but mm-hmm. apparently I hit a cop and broke his nose and broke right. his orbital bone. And, um, you know, I was put in jail for freaking four days and it was, it was nasty. Time. Yeah. So it was, it was not a good time in my life and, and, uh, it definitely, um, didn't help my career. It was mm-hmm. near the end of my career. So, right. yeah. but, um, you know, it's just one of those things that it was in a, you know, wrong place at the wrong time. And, and, uh, Sticking wrong place at the wrong time doing the right thing. Yeah, well. To the wrong guy. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, it, you know. It, it, it goes to show you, though, too, like the like the the NHL doesn't – I feel like they just don't value the enforcer the way that they, that they should. Like, I mean, you put in so many years of service for, like, something like that where it ultimately was, you know, thrown out and and uh, and resolved. But, the, you know, it, it did hurt you in your career, like – they didn't. Do did they not have your back, or well, did you feel that like it? Like I mean, you felt like that it did was a detriment, you know. Well, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, I was thirty four years old, and what are you doing scrapping outside of the you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, right. I mean, it was just one of those things that you know. Don't give one, them a reason. You gave them a reason. That and I gave them a reason exactly. <laughs> so you know, when I got out of jail, I got an offer from the Ottawa Senators, which I, I should have taken, and then after that, I didn't take it. And it was, uh, uh, you're like, Fuck Ottawa. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Like, like it's it's amazing the 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 career that you did have. I mean, like if you look at like just just the laundry list of people that you went through, it's insane. The one that uh, the boys were talking about before too is the uh, the the rivalry that you had. I guess I don't think it was even a rivalry, but was it uh, uh, Stu Grimson? You guys had a a a series of fights. Can you walk us through that one? Because I think people wanted to hear about that one. Uh, so my rookie year, I was uh, brought up to the Rangers uh, a few different times. And um, prior to my first fight with Stu, uh, I, I, I didn't scrap for the first five games or whatever. And I felt, you know, kind of anxious. I'm like, you know, I'm, i got to show my shit, right? Right. So I get on the ice against Stu and I, I, I go after him right away. And, and he says, no, not right now. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. So I finish my shift and I get back on the ice again and I'm running around and hitting everybody and then I get hit in the boards. My helmet pops off and who's standing there? Fucking Stu. So <laughs> the Grim on. Reaper. Yeah, at the end of my shift, he comes on. And so we score off. So he got the better of me. There's no about it. The, the only thing I proved in that fight was I could take a punch. But uh, I got a bit of a long memory when it comes hard. to that. Right. <laughs> so then about three, four years later, I'm playing against him. He's with Anaheim. I'm with Chicago at the time. So I'm like... I'm going to go after him, and I'm thinking this to myself. So I went after him, and I ended up breaking his nose. And uh, so in between periods, uh, uh, I'm in there in the dressing room, and Dave Manson was on our team. And he says, Bushy, Stu's going to want to fight you again because you broke his nose, and he's not fucking happy. He's going <laughs> to fucking murder you. So just do yourself a favor and do not fight him. And, <laughs> Who uh, would be? So, <laughs> Who would be no happy? So, sure as shit, we get on the ice. Yeah, we're in Anaheim. I get on the ice, and, and then I, who am I lined up beside? Of course, they put Stu. 
stew out there and he doesn't say a word that the, the puck drops and he just drops the, the glove. Game. Same game. Yeah, Holy so this is fuck, he goes back out with a broken nose. Yeah, so he goes back out with a broken nose and wants to fight me again. He comes in and just, he breaks my nose. And he's a big boy too, 6'5". Right. Yeah, five, yeah. Probably? yeah. yeah. So, so he, 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 he breaks my nose and then I, I, I get down It's like my Adrian in the fucking crowd going, <laughs> not again, Brock. <laughs> but but I get back up and I and I start throwing him again and he ends up falling and there's blood coming out of everywhere but it looks like it's coming out of him but it's actually coming out of my nose oh yeah yeah the and then but two weeks crazy. later I'm we're playing against Anaheim again in Anaheim and I line up against him and he says let's keep it clean and I, look, I have no problem with that <laughs> that's yeah. great all right let's show that fucking the Grimson fight for the last yeah. if you can find it yeah yeah we're not whatever no. <laughs> The second one, and the third, and the uh, third. one and two. Yeah. Oh, that's the Harper. Not this one. This is a, this is a bad one. Don't do bushy like that. Get the other one. TKOs, two Grimsons, yeah. and the Revenge. That's yeah. got to be it. Number yeah. three. Uh, number two and three is what you want. Who the fuck? Beach cat. Yeah. So right here. This is where I break his nose. Oh. So now the period ends and I'm in a room and Dave Mance is like, he's not happy. You break his nose and he goes, don't fight him. He's not going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly hitting. Stu Grinson, and that put him back on his hind legs, and Man and Bush trying to stir a little emotion in the black cost was sent down just a few days ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man that's great the um no there's uh there's some guys on hockeyfights.com they had some questions and well let's get let's give them we got to most of them right. we got to most of them just like naturally through the interview but there's a couple uh that i think are like or were the uh what was the hardest punch that you ever took i have a nose broken three times the rock belak and grimson and, oh okay and, yeah yeah, All weapons. Any, yeah. any one of those. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And the, uh, the other one. Uh, would you have fought differently today with the with the face shields? Like if you think that. No, you get in tight. And you, my, my thing was I try to get the helmet off. Yeah. And get in tight. Uh, get a good grip in the front. Get a good grip in the back of the helmet. Pull the helmet off. Push away. Mm-hmm. And you're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I think like, I mean, people put a lot of emphasis on the, the face shields, how it is different like now, but, uh, when you start out in junior, like you're ripping off full cages, you know, you, you're well, the bird cages junior, off. you would just drop your helmet and you just yeah, yeah. screw up. Well, I mean like before junior, but like junior C and stuff, guys got full cages right. still. Right. Yeah. So like you learn that and like, you, you, you learn that the only, right? so, when like, you just, hit a cage, the only thing you're hurting is yourself. Yeah. So get but you're going to get to someone, right, you're going right. to get to them somehow. So like now right. I guess it's like, you're just kind of back to that, to, yeah. you know, Back to that uh, status. Let me find another one here. There's, uh, there's just a couple of good ones. Oh, your fight against PJ Stock was all amazing. What what was it like fighting a, a guy like PJ Stock? Because he's a smaller guy. Yeah, I didn't like fighting guys smaller than me or the same size as me because there's a lot of pressure on me to win. So. Right, <laughs> hey, you right, right. You got the reputation. Right. You got you nothing to gain and everything that's right. to lose. That's I think, right. I think that's like kind of like what, I mean, all right. it, a lot of guys you know run into, right? That pressure. Yeah. Um, is there anyone that you didn't get to fight that you wish you got to fight? I pretty much fought anyone who I wanted to fight. It was, right. uh, yeah. I was in over 300 uh, <laughs> uh, bare-knuckle scraps on the ice. Right. right. Yeah, you, you felt like you got your fill. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good, man. I mean, you've been so generous with yeah, your time. So and, and everybody and all the people watching here tonight, we're so glad you guys came out. Yeah. Um, and you know, and Pete, the boys, and thanks and so Tyler, much. Yeah, Pete Van Dyke, so everyone, give some, make yeah, some so, noise. Yeah, 
and 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 his his whole crew. Now I got I got a question for you. Uh, one more before we go. Um, Pete Van Dyke was telling us before you wanted to kick his ass before uh, you guys. <laughs> Knew each other. You married Pete Van Dyke's sister. But, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. He's still, he's still me for that. Pete Van Dyke's a hilarious stand-up comic, and uh, he has his own podcast like us, and, and he's the guy who runs Spiky Ball Studio. We're recording this whole thing, but uh, you're married to his sister, and before you met his sister, you wanted to kick the shit of the very handsome Pete Van Dyke. Come on, Sage Pete. Come on. Let's get, get a good look at this yeah. guy. Yeah. People like everyone. <laughs> now, this is something you told me one time. This is something you told me one time. Oh, geez. Drunk at the wedding. You said, but this is before Lisa, of course. This is when you're, you know, you're, you were going out with someone before Lisa. Right. This is like right? a wedding speech. And she found me handsome, right? <laughs> Probably. So you, you saw me at the Turkey Point Hotel. You thought Turkey it would be Point. a fun time. To beat the shit out of Pete Van Dyke because of a, uh, didn't you say like you used to want to kick my ass? Never. I don't. Why would I Because because uh, your because your girlfriend at that time thought I was super handsome. Well, well that's probably a good thing because you're off my hands then. Like, <laughs> well, I never wanted to kick your ass, Pete. Come on. Come Pete on. Van Dyke was so handsome. No, Pete Van Dyke. I believe was... it. For t- <laughs> to the day I die, that I was so handsome that Ryan wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs> It's the, the only thing you had on him. That's the only thing I like. You know, you got to at least give it to him. Uh, Pete Van Dyke was well, so you know, handsome. I'll tell you right through that. <laughs> well, back, you got to remember back in the, you're like, uh, you know, 19 years old yeah, or something. Yeah. Full of piss, you know? Uh, no. You're at the Turkey Point Hotel. You're chasing tail, too. Let's be honest here, my friend. Hey, maybe you're and, hitting uh, on my girlfriend. I don't and, know. Oh, I'm not hitting on her. Maybe well, my I good looks make it seem that way. Pete <laughs> Van Dyke is so handsome, you married his sister, so you don't have to That's compete right. against uh, that motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of gross. Yeah. Guys. Thanks so much, guys. Big round of applause. Pete Van Dyke for Ladies coming and up. And, let's hear it but Tyler Morrison. Ryan Vandenbush, guys. Thank you very much, guys. The fucking Ryan, man. thanks so much. Really yeah. Honestly, so great. Thank you so much, guys. And thanks for tuning in to Fight Stories, you guys. This is going to be uh, airing. Uh, we start the season two in September. It's going to be uh, available on iTunes, YouTube, all those platforms where you're getting right. uh, podcasts. And uh, thanks so much for coming out and being part of the live event. And uh, and uh, you know supporting the podcast and uh, obviously being uh, part of Ryan's life uh, here and uh, and being a supporter. You guys are great. Thank you so much, Del High. I'm Tyler Morrison, John Moses. One more time for Ryan Vandenberg. Hey, that's another episode of Fight Stories. Thanks so much for checking it out. Make sure you comment, rate, subscribe, and share. Tell all your little dweeb friends about us. Big thanks to Ryan Vandenbush for being part of it and Pete Van Dyke for having us down at Spiky Ball Studios. And of course, Tyler Shazma and the crew for their amazing video work. You guys made it happen. Now, if you guys enjoy the live episodes of Fight Stories, we got some good news because we have some that you can attend before the season's over. November 10th, New York City. We're going to be at New York Comedy Festival doing a live recording. John and I are down there on November 10th at Old Man Hustle Comedy Club in Brooklyn. It's the new club. Tickets are only $5. I can't think of a better way to spend a Sunday night in New York City. Come on out to that one at the New York Comedy Festival. Also, November 22nd, we are in St. Louis at Trainwreck Saloon Westport. It's St. Louis Blues Alumni Fight Night with the Boys of Fight Stories, and we have couple heavy hitters coming in i can't wait this is probably going to be the season finale we have uh, darren kimball and cam jansen and maybe a couple other special guests you never know who's going to pop in that city is cup crazy right now so make sure you check it out november 22nd train wreck saloon westport it's going to be amazing guys that's been fight stories i'm tyler morrison we'll catch you next week